I think infidelity is an antithesis of curiosity. You're listening to WERALP, Arlington, Virginia, 96.7 FM, streaming and on demand at WERA.FM. Coming to you from the studios at Arlington Independent Media, I'm your host, Lynn Borton, and this is Choose to be Curious. Welcome. This is a show all about curiosity. We talk about research and theory, but mostly it's conversations about how curiosity shows up in work and life. And these conversations have touched on comedy and trauma, on conflict and creativity, on everything from police work to beer tasting. And and one of the things I have loved is the opportunities that AIM itself has provided for new ways to think about curiosity. If I haven't yet persuaded you about the many merits of Arlington Independent Media, let this be an illustrative lesson. In the AIM community, we put a lot of stock on peers teaching one another. So I had the pleasure of meeting Tracy when she shadowed me one day in the studio. On the way out, we got talking about what she does when we're not in the studio, and I learned I was in the presence of a web celebrity. Tracy Shorn, a.k.a. Chump Lady, went through an infidelity nightmare a dozen years ago and realized that all the advice available fixated around reconciliation and how she could improve to get him back. And as she put it, that advice sucked. And she began a blog with a different perspective in mind. She asked, what's acceptable to me? What do my needs look like? Where are my boundaries? 20 million page views later, and she's clearly not the only one choosing to be curious about her own needs in the face of the chaos brought on by someone else's infidelity. She's a journalist, a cartoonist, a blogger, But mostly, she's wise and warm and wonderful and also seriously snarky and deeply irreverent in the face of a subject that most of us shut down about. So that was just too tempting. And I asked Tracy to join me to explore how curiosity comes up for the chump lady. Welcome, Tracy. Thank you. I'm I'm thrilled to be here. Well, it's really fun to have you. So the obvious first question is, tell us more about chump lady. (laughs) Well, I got chumped, <laughs> as you, you had your great introduction there. Um, it was about 12 years ago, and I was very briefly married uh, to a guy who turned out to have a total double life. I was <sighs> like a Dateline special. Like, um, I was only married six months. and I Oh, had, wow. I didn't realize it was a yeah, I was, I was just I had been married six months. I, I met him here in the D.C. area, and um, I moved to Pennsylvania to a no-fault divorce state for his job, bought a house with him. Uh, with my money. And I found out six months after I was married, his mistress <laughs> called me. One of one of many mistresses, as it turned out. But the guy had a double life spanning back 20 years. And, mm. and I had no clue. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, no idea. Zero. Zip. Zilch. Uh, he was that, that good. <laughs> um, it, you know, he was just used to living a double life. Um, so, so that was, you know, I was sort of stranded uh, there. Um, having wrapped all my my life and my money into this property and life new life with him, um, and when I was going through that nightmare, uh, as you as you mentioned, I, I discovered that all the advice really was pretty lousy. It was all predicated on reconciling, yeah, and it was predicated 
on what I call the unmet needs fallacy. What did I do to make him cheat? And how was I going to improve myself to win him back? Mm-hmm. And this is a very seductive notion to anybody who's been chumped because, because it's total powerlessness. And, and you control is a very seductive commodity. And so a lot of people are selling you control, Mm -hmm. how to affair-proof your marriage, how to make sure this never happens again, what you can do to make sure it doesn't happen again. So I tried for, you know, off and on, separation, come back, you know, the back and forth. And of course, I didn't have the whole story either. We'll get into how that ties into curiosity, but (laughs) being lied to and gaslighted and, you know, having a, a fake reality presented to you is just incredibly difficult to navigate. So so I got through that nightmare <laughs> and and I realized that the advice that there was really there was a, a narrative that was lacking and that was um that once you relieve yourself of that burden and and you invest in yourself and you have self-respect and you get out that there's a much better life on the other side of that mm-hmm. and I was wondering where are all the success stories where are all the happy ever afters where Where's the message of protecting yourself and self-respect and decoding manipulation? And it didn't exist online. And, and I realized why it didn't exist. Probably two reasons. One is it's a very common experience. Lots mm-hmm. of people are cheated on. And people carry the shame of that. And not it's not their shame to carry. And so nobody really wants to revisit the nightmare. And even though they get through it, they don't really want to go back and talk to the newbies. Um, although if you have this happen to you, you will find that other people who've experienced it kind of come out of the shadows and help you. Mm-hmm. But they're not online talking about it. So that was that was one thing. And and the, the other was there's just not a lot of uh, profit in being a cold bucket of water. <laughs> you know, of saying, <laughs> hey, <laughs> this person's a jerk and you could do a lot better. Um, because most people, you know, they, they're clinging to hope and, you know, can this be salvaged? And uh, so, so anyway, when I was many years out of this nightmare and, and happily remarried and, you know, living in Texas, I, I married a Texan and um, he was also chumped in his first marriage. Anyway, he's like, you need to write a book. And because I made a hobby of of being on these terrible infidelity forums and and giving people the advice I wish I had gotten. He's like, you know, you should write a book. And I thought, oh, that seems like too much of an undertaking. Um, I'll do a blog, which was insane because a blog is like... That's a book that never ends. Yeah. It's a hundred times more work than than a book. And I I eventually wrote two books, but um, which were less work than than doing keeping the blog going. But but anyway, as it turns out, a lot of other people were we're hungry for this kind of advice and these kinds of stories. And so they call themselves Chump Nation. <laughs> the blog just flipped 20 million page views a couple Congratulations. That is, Thank you. Yeah, I have some appreciation for exactly what that means. Yeah, Good job. It, thank you. It gets an insane amount of traffic. Um, like I said, it's a common experience. And so it's not just me. I'm not, obviously not the only voice out there. It's other people sharing their stories. Mm-hmm. And, and it depends on where you catch people in the the journey. You know, some people are just finding out. Some people, this happened to them years ago, and they're encouraging the new people, um, you know, telling them how to get a good divorce settlement or, you know, how to, how to find things out. They're, they're just, they're helping out. So, so that's what really makes it special is yeah. the community. And, yeah. and, it, and there's a great. very strong sense of that, you know, within the blog. And, oh, and thank I you. just, yeah. you know, having, having now read a good deal there and sort of watched it, and I thought, wow, this is really, really powerful. So let me ask you. Mm-hmm. 
When I suggested having a conversation about curiosity in this particular context, what did you think? Oh, well, I thought it was great. First of all, I, I, I'm such a fan. You have to understand Lynn is like a one-person NPR station. She does it all. Um, so I, I am in awe. I'm just like a podcasting guru here. So, so I was ex- very flattered and excited to be on the show. But in terms of curiosity, your umbrella subject, I think infidelity is the antithesis mm-hmm. of curiosity. It's, it's having your reality denied and kept from you. It's being conspired against. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and part of what the blog tries to do is change the narrative around infidelity. You know, we we tend to discuss it like it's a rejection on par with not being asked to the prom instead of what it really is, which is a life shattering event. It's you know, it's, it's having, a pretty uh, ultimate betrayal. Oh, it's it's gutting. Yeah. It's it's yeah. I mean, there's physical you, you know, you break you vomit, you break out and you have PTSD, you lose weight dramatically. I mean, it's it's a terrible shock, and and like I said, there's I think it's like one of the last taboos. We don't really talk about it, but in, in terms of curiosity, you don't have the foundation on which to make decisions about your life. You're investing in a in a fake person with a fake life with a fake reality, and when you have suspicions. You're gaslighted. They're denied. You're crazy. You're jealous. You're suspicious. How could you think this of me? If you thought I was that kind of person, you shouldn't be with me. I, so, so every time you try to be curious about what's going on, that's that's denied and, and put back on yeah. you. So, so in a weird way, when when you actually find out the truth, it is liberating. And and when I try to get people to do in terms of curiosity is I'm always putting the question back on them. Is this relationship acceptable to you? Is this what you want? You know, forget potential, forget what you hope it will be. Look at what it is. And is it acceptable? Mm -hmm. And so that means being curious in a different way. It's like, well, what would a new life look like? What would rebuilding look like? What would, what do I look like without the identity of this relationship? And it's a very hard disconnect to make because when you're intimate with somebody, you're just totally invested. So it's hard. And and also when someone's betrayed you, you have all this energy that you're throwing at them, trying to mm-hmm. figure them out. And you're in this competition with a fair partner or partners or hired partners. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> depends on what you find out. And so there's just all the, it's very easy to go down that rabbit hole of like, what makes them tick and what are they doing? That's kind of the wrong curiosity. Right, right. Well, that was what I was realizing as I was, you know, I sort of said, oh, let's have this conversation. And then when I sat down to really think about it, I thought this is actually kind of complicated because there are all these layers uh, of of self-doubt or even sort of third parties kind of purient, you know, idle curiosity, like, well, what happened and what'd you do? And, you know, a lot of Mm. kind of blaming the victim uh, and a lot of curiosity that's self-directed in that way and that's sort of socially directed in that way. And I thought, and that's why I thought it was such an interesting question. It was like, okay, so how does curiosity then become the power tool? How does it Mm -hmm. become part of the arsenal for moving forward as opposed to feeling stuck? Yeah. Well, I mean, I would say curiosity is a tool that can be used for good or for evil. Yes. I mean, if you want to use yeah. your, if you want to use your curiosity in the wrong way, um, then you get really engrossed in things you can't control, like 
what is this person going to do next? How can I stop them from doing this nefarious thing they may be up to? Um, what made them this way? I mean, you can go down all sorts of rabbit holes. You can read lots of books. And and frankly, there's all we call it the reconciliation industrial complex on the blog. There's a whole industry <laughs> set up I to keep you, you spinning funny. your wheels with these imponderables for a really long time. And then there's what you call the power tool, curiosity. Then, then there is like what's acceptable to yeah. you? Um, you know, what are your values? What do you stand for? What what are your boundaries? What will you accept? What will you tolerate? You know, what will you what will you do if if you don't get the things you need? So that's a really radical way of of looking at this when it when it happens to you. And in terms of other people and what they think, I would say people are not curious about the chump point of view. Mm. Um, which I I think I've touched a real vein in writing about this mm-hmm. because people aren't talking about it. It's terrifying. Nobody wants to think that this could happen to them. They want, like all bad things. They want to have a reason why it happened to you. That right. it could never happen to them. You didn't follow the recipe. Oh, I haven't really thought about that, <laughs> but I think, you're, I think you're dead on about that. Yeah. You're sexless. You're frigid. You weren't meeting their needs. You have some sort of flaw that compelled them to do this to you. And what I argue is you may suck, but you didn't make someone cheat. We don't make people abuse us. Mm -hmm. And we have changed our narratives around domestic violence and around addiction. You know, we used to say, what'd you do to make him mad that he hit you? Or, you know, what did you do to drive her to drink? And we don't say those things anymore. We, we've evolved. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to evolve on infidelity. Our inadequacies do not compel people to cheat on us. We don't make them make dating profiles or develop hooker habits. You know, that's on them. And they had a decision tree of difficult conversations, of therapists, of divorce lawyers. And they did not choose those decisions. Right. They chose to gaslight and betray and abuse. And that's on them. That's not on you if you've been chumped. So getting back to curiosity, people don't want to think about this subject. It's a really scary subject. Um, And to be curious is to be empathetic. It's to be able to put yourself in someone else's shoes. And those are some really scary shoes that Mm -hmm. you'd be putting yourself in if Mm -hmm. you want to think about what it's like to have this happen to you. Mm -hmm. Most people don't want to go there. But I, I think that's true of a lot of terrible things, you know. Um, yeah, I think you're. I think you're right about that. Well, you know, one of my, I've been. Uh, what I, one of the things I appreciate about these conversations is that they, they always get me to sort of look at things from kind of yet another perspective. Every time I think I've seen every side of the diamond, I realize no, there's yet another facet I have yet to explore. And one of my favorite kind of curiosity quotes is Walt Whitman about be curious, not judgmental. Mm-hmm. And I realized that in this context, it had this really interesting and I thought kind of important interpretation in this sort of be curious about your own needs and not judgmental about those because I think the narrative mm-hmm. that dominant narrative has been all about judging mm-hmm. um, on the on the chumps side sure um, and and that's where I started to think oh it's kind of really a power tool if you really sort of get curious about like well what do I want out of this and not being judgmental about yourself for actually wanting and needing sure. things that are not being provided yeah you're allowed to have deal breakers yeah. and and I would say I mean, much as I love Walt Whitman and my stepson is named Whitman my husband loves Walt Whitman so much he named his child after him <laughs> so <laughs> this is not to diss Walt Whitman um, but 
I think judgment is really important. Yeah. And and to deny that you judge is to just, you think being an idiot, you judge every single day. And cheaters love to say, well, don't, don't judge me, you know, ye without sin, whatever. But we judge situations every single day. All and you have to judge whether or not you're going to invest and not invest or move forward with somebody, not move forward, have a boundary. Judgment is really important. And and also, you can't have a sense of morality without judgment. I mean, you'd be an idiot if you said, well, Syrian refugee crisis, I, I can't judge that. <laughs> you know, that's, that's way too complicated. Right. There's both sides, whatever. No, if you're a moral person, you, you judge things as as right and wrong. And, you know, drowning kittens, that's wrong, right? There's a judgment. Right. Um, so if you don't judge somebody who's had this terrible experience happen to them, not through any fault of their own, but because somebody did this to them because of their sense of entitlement. There, there is a, a victim and a perpetrator. As much as people don't want to think that way, it is the truth of it. You don't have to identify as a victim. You can identify as a survivor or whatever. But the fact remains, someone, someone's entitled, terrible behavior put you in this position. You didn't choose that outcome. And so there is a moral judging sense to looking at infidelity. There just is. And curiosity isn't it's not mutually exclusive with yeah. acting in your own best self-interest. I, I tell people, it's okay if you want, I call it untangling the skein of F-uppedness. And it's okay if you want to untangle the skein, but get out of harm's way first. If you want to, if you want to get divorced and start a new life, and then at some point in your free time, you want to look back and go, gee, you know, I wonder what they're astrological sign was that made them do that whatever uh -huh. scheme you want to untangle do it you go be curious but so long as you've protected yourself first yeah. um but the thing is once you've really rebuilt a life and you're invested in that life you, you sort of cease to be curious about them and more curious about your own new beginning so you will drop the skein eventually i hope but you know and, and i would say the same with judgment if you want to sit in a pose of non-judgment you know, about this person who's betrayed you, which is a really hard thing to do. But if if you want to go there, again, go there, but just protect yourself. Yeah. You know? Well, this is one of the things that I think is so powerful about your blog and your and your book both is um, the the primacy that you put um, on empowerment and and protecting yourself and in, in a dynamic where you've been unprotected through no fault of your own mm -hmm. in in like too many ways to count. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. to speak on the self-protection part of it, so much of the advice, the terrible advice that I refer to is <laughs> don't make any decisions for six months. Whatever you do, don't just, just stay where you are. Don't do anything. That is the worst advice. Uh. For one thing, I would say 99% of the times, and keep in mind, 20 million page views, like I have a really good random sample here. There's financial infidelity as well as yeah. just the good old fashioned regular infidelity. And that's because it takes money to have a double life. So well, and you've said you don't know what you don't know. Right? You don't, yeah, you don't know what you don't know. And chances are this person's feathering their nest, they're moving monies, they've already spent monies. So to say to somebody, don't touch your bank account for six months. You think about this. That person could be, they already have made a giant move against you. They've already conspired against you. They've already defrauded you. 
why wouldn't you protect yourself? Mm-hmm. I, I think people should see lawyers. I And I would say if anybody, and I give this advice, if anybody wants to reconcile with you, ask them for a credit report. Mm. Um because it reveals P.O. boxes and hidden credit cards and debts. And if they won't even do that, then there's your sorry, right? Sorry is as sorry does. So, yes, self-protection should be the first place you go. But the problem is you would have you have to make this serious disconnect to do that to protect yourself because usually chumps tend to be to trust or to be very invested and, and don't want to alienate or scare off their cheaters mm-hmm. in case they come back. Mm-hmm. But... Self-protection is not a sin, and it's not a sin analogous with betraying somebody. So anybody who is sincerely sorry would not hold it against you that you want a modicum of self-protection. That's right. just right. It's okay. So if you are in a relationship where someone doesn't want you to have those protections, then you're in a very toxically lopsided, exploitative kind of relationship. Again, that's a really painful conclusion to draw, but it's the truth. The, the thing is, you can't be chumped unless you trust. And you can't be intimate with somebody uh-huh. unless you're vulnerable in that way. And it is that very trust and that vulnerability that's being exploited. And that's yeah. how you get chumped. And so it's this catch-22. Are you a bad person because you looked? Are you a bad person because you're suspicious? And there's a lot of power in the narrative of like, <gasps> you know, you snooped, you looked. Um, the gaslighting. The ga- it's gaslighting. Yeah. Right. So I would say if somebody... If you're suspicious, if somebody seems to be shady and you question them and they're defensive and they won't be transparent with you, that's a very bad sign. Mm -hmm. Because people who have nothing to hide, hide nothing. And, you know, so and you have to be prepared to connect those dots, too, and not accept the gaslighting. You Mm -hmm. know, you have to go, well, what does that tell me? This is useful information. Right. You know, be curious, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So if you had, well, of course, you do this every day. Every day you have great wisdom on this, but a couple of sort of relevant bits of additional advice, what would they be as chump lady here? As chump lady? (laughs) Or as Tracy. As Tracy. (laughs) Well, first of all, I, I would... I would step back and say everything I learned, I learned through being incredibly stupid. Chump lady is not omnipotent lady. Like Mm -hmm. I have all the answers. It's that I did all the stupid grief stricken things that people do when they're cheated on. And I can tell you from firsthand knowledge, they don't work. All this terrible advice I got, it doesn't work. And so this is the trial tested experience of of what works and what doesn't work. And it's not just me. It's now, you know, this huge following this platform. It didn't work for them either. So so when you're coming to the site, if you're looking, this wisdom is coming from people who've made the mistakes and learned painfully from them. So do do I have any bon mots? Anything? Mm -hmm. I I think the biggest one is is what's acceptable to you. Um, You're allowed to have deal breakers. and, And I think when you get in one of these unequal relationships with somebody who's betrayed you is it just comes down to you don't share the same values mm-hmm. and and if you really work from that building block you can pretty much dissect any of the bs around infidelity you know like if you want to go down the monogamy thing well let's go down the monogamy rabbit hole for a sec if you want to be a polyamorous and you want to open your marriage up you still have to have an agreement. You still, you have rules, right? right? Your rules right. are who's an acceptable partner? How do we manage STDs? 
how much time do we spend on extracurriculars, whatever. You would have an arrangement. Now, being a cheater just means that you unilaterally change the terms of agreed-upon arrangements. So you would be making an agreement with someone who's proven themselves to be untrustworthy. So opening your marriage up does not protect you Mm -hmm. from, from infidelity. So this isn't a monogamy problem. It's a character problem. And so in terms of advice, you know, that would be, what are your values? What's acceptable to you? If you do you want fidelity in your relationships, then demand that stand up for it, find someone who shares your values. Mm-hmm. You know, there are people f- who aren't monogamous, that's fine. Then they need to be upfront about that. It's the deception. It's the unilateral changing yeah. of agreements. And a term that's very in vogue right now, it's about consent. I mean, you do not consent to be chumped. You don't consent to have your health risked, to have your family's life risked, to have your well-being risked. You didn't consent to any of those things. And that's what makes it so traumatic. Yeah. So if people want to join the 20 million other page (laughs) views, how do they find you? Oh, it's chumplady.com. Chumplady.com. Good. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you. Um, thank before, you. Before before you go, there is the big jar of wannabe <gasps> analogies. You ready? Okay, I'm ready. Okay. okay, bring it. You know how this works. You take a slip out. All right. We're going to make an analogy to curiosity with whatever comes out. You okay. take one. I'll take one for myself and one for our audience. And you can go <laughs> first or I'll go. I have somersaults. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> curiosity is to somersault. <laughs> So I would say sometimes you have to turn yourself upside down and around to get a different point of view. Oh, very nice. I like it. Okay, let's see. Hmm. I have biscotti. <laughs> um, how is curiosity like biscotti? I, with, I think a biscotti is something that you dip into things. So I think with curiosity, you dip into things. And then um, having done that, it sort of transforms the taste experience. And so um, it gives you – it's a vehicle for um, new and exciting flavors in your life. So That was well done. <laughs> and audience, yours is blanket. How is curiosity like a blanket? Let us know. Hashtag analogy. Facebook, Twitter, let me know. Well, Tracy, thank you so thank much. Thank you, Lynn. Thanks. This. this has been much, fun. Much obliged. You've been listening to WERA 96.7 FM. If you joined us late or want to catch up with this or any of the other great shows here on Radio Arlington, check us out online and on demand at WERA.FM. You can hear all my other shows on iTunes, Mixcloud, SoundCloud, and Facebook, all at Choose to be Curious, or on my website at ChooseToBeCurious.com. And I hope you'll follow me on Twitter at Choose number two, letter B, Curious. Speaking of Twitter, don't forget to send us your blanket analogy, hashtag analogy. Special thanks to my guest, Tracy Shorn. Links to Chump Lady on my Facebook page. Check it out. And here's a good thought for today. In the words of writer Roy T. Bennett, listen with curiosity, speak with honesty, act with integrity. And until next time, choose to be curious. Funding for Choose to be Curious on WERA 96.7 FM is provided in part by the Center for Parents and Teens, where families are strengthened through a connection built through positive communication, mutual understanding, and realistic expectations of one another. For more information, visit www.centerforparentsandteens.com.
Choose to be Curious is sponsored in part by realtor Christine Hopkins. Curious about real estate? Christine works with clients from around the world using her time and knowledge to build community. As she likes to say, community engagement has always been my big why. Working in real estate has helped me express that. What makes you part of a community more than that?